If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. First, it's free and everyone loves free. Second, there are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer, which makes it very convenient. Third, Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. Finally, you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. Anchor is everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So take a moment to download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Hi, my name is Tanisha Nicole, and I love sitting with authors and discussing the backstory behind their books. I created Beyond the Bookshelf because I love having conversations with authors. After working with a few high-profile authors, I discovered that the backstory behind their books were just as powerful as the book itself. So I had an idea for a show, and I decided to call it Beyond the Bookshelf because sometimes when you see a book on the shelf, you look at the cover, you look at the title, but you don't always understand the story behind that book. So thank you for joining me on this journey with a few authors and a couple of backstories. I hope you enjoy. And if you love this show, please rate, review, and subscribe so you get brand new episodes delivered to you every Saturday morning. Today, I had an opportunity to speak with Amelia Starr, and we talked about the backstory behind her book, The Many Facets of a Star, Purifying Truths. Guys, I had such a great conversation with her, and we talked about the backstory behind her book. I finished reading her book first thing this morning, and in her story, uh, she talks about, or in her book, she talks about the backstory of her mom, Carol, along with her story and the three moms that she had, that she's had during her lifetime. I hope you guys enjoy this episode. It means a lot to me that you're here with me on a Saturday, and I hope you enjoy. Hey guys, this this is Tanisha with Beyond the Bookshelf. Thank you so much for joining me for a new episode. I am here with Amelia Starr, and she has a book entitled The Many Facets of a Star, Purifying Truths. Hello, Amelia. Thank you so much for being, being here with me today. Hi, good to be here. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. So we're going to just jump right back in. We were talking a little bit about um, Amelia's book. She has this book that I finished reading this morning. So if you've been listening to this show, even for a little bit, you'll know that I finished, I read, I wake up on Saturday mornings and I read books like first thing early in the morning, four or five o'clock in the morning. And so that's what I did with Amelia's book. And I finished her book about probably like eight something this morning. And I thought it was a really good story. And it was a story about Amelia. And it's it's also a story about her mom, Carol. So I was talking to Amelia a little bit earlier and I was asking her about her mother's story. So for those of you that have not read this book, and I think you should, but for those of you that have not read the book, Amelia starts the book off with her mother, Carol. And actually, Amelia, can you talk a little bit about how you started the book off so they can hear it in your own words instead of mine? Absolutely. I'll be happy to. So I started the book with my beginning, which of course you begin in the womb, which was um, a part of my mother's story. So therefore, um, I started it where she was pregnant with me, which is where we get the cover from. Okay. And she gave birth um, after being abused and had three broken ribs. 
So that's the beginning of my story. Um, I was born that night. And that's okay. why I started the book off that way. Gotcha. And so when when you started the book off and you talked to and you talked about your mother's journey, um, you talked a little bit about your mom's backstory. And I was talking to Amelia earlier and just telling her that when I wrote my book, Her Imprint, I couldn't really write about my mom's backstory because I didn't live it. You know, uh, my mom battled breast cancer. And when I wrote my book, I wrote about the lessons that I learned from my mom because I could write from that vantage point. But I couldn't write about what cancer felt like. I couldn't write about what it feels like to have two daughters and a husband and you're gonna, and you're basically preparing to die and you're going to leave your family. And I I couldn't write about that, but all I could do was use my mother's words that she had publicly publicly written and put them in the form of a book. And that was the that was the last part of her imprint, and it was all of my mom's words. So when I read Amelia's book, she really took you, in my opinion, she really took you on the journey of her mom and a lot of at least some of the backstory that her mom had. And I was asking Amelia how she gathered that backstory. Like, was it information that she was privy to? Was it information that she was fully aware of? And it seems as though she was. So if your mom, and this is a question that I haven't asked you yet, Amelia, but if your mom were here, like, would you have let her read this book? Oh, absolutely. How do you think she would have felt oh, about absolutely. it? Um, excuse me? How do you think she would have felt about it? She was always my biggest cheerleader. She would have been so proud that I made it public. Yeah. Yeah. So when you were when you were telling your mom's story, when you were retelling your mom's story and living your own story, did you notice any did you notice any cycles or patterns that were in the book? Um there are a few cycles. Um some uh, cycles, curses, I don't know what you choose to call it, but um Certain times in the book, I delve into things that had happened or that was foreseen from either us or our mothers or grandmothers um, that happened. And even now, we still we still have that. I mean, with my children. Really? So I, I don't know what to call it, if it's a, a blessing or a curse or a gift or, yeah. or what. But yes, those those cycles still continue. Um, and I don't think it's necessarily negative. Mm-hmm. But it can be, you know, it's kind of that yeah. glass half full or half empty type of yeah. thing. Yeah, I understand that. And when you write up, when you when you talk about your part of the story, you talk about your experience and you talk about your experience with your mom. And you talk about your experience with your grandmother. And then you talk about an experience with another lady that you lived with. You lived with her and her family. Can you talk to us about the, the three different types of and maybe they're not three different types, but the three mothers mm-hmm. that you actually gained through Absolutely. your journey? You know, um, just grateful to have input from more than one person. You know, it's as though the way that life was orchestrated for me, I was blessed to have three moms, which is why I call, mm-hmm. you know, each of them because they poured into me at different stages of life. So my grandmother, who also raised my mom, which was really my mom's foster mom, mm-hmm. um, she was giving me the morals, the values, you know, um, cook, clean, you know, things that you need to survive um, that isn't taught in school. 
things that you can't read in a book. That's what she imparted in me. And then my mom kind of, my biological mom, Carol, she imparted in me, you know, the school of hard knocks, you're a survivor, you know, let's get this done. You know, there's nothing you can't do. And then there was mommy that brought the spirituality into it. And, you know, kind of like, you know, we are one with the universe and, you know, yes, you have purpose and things happen for a reason and that type of um, lesson. So I feel as though I'm well-rounded because I didn't get just one type of parenting or impartation. Yeah. And I would, I would definitely agree with that. And for the, for the, for the mother you call mommy, are you, do you still have communication with her? I do. You do? Mommy lives in Alabama and I, I talk to her often, still giving really? me that spiritual guidance. Yes. That's amazing. That's amazing. And guys, one thing I will tell you, cause I, I, I read, I read Amelia's uh, whole book from cover to cover and you should really go and read the story about her mom, about her biological mom, Carol. And then she has these, she has other mothers that she just spoke about that are also in the story. And that I think helped shaped her, you know, as a woman, as, and probably as a, as a mother now, cause you have, you, you're a mother and you have how many kids? I have three. You have three kids. Yes. And in the book, it talks, you know, it talks about the different journeys and how sometimes the journeys get intertwined because I was telling Amelia a little bit earlier, sometimes I had a, I had to distinguish, you know, whose story I was reading. And when I was reading her biological mother, Carol's story, uh, Amelia starts off her book with Carol's story. And I think that it's really amazing and fascinating how you started off that book telling your, you know, telling it from your mom's perspective. I believe, and then how it kind of goes into your mother's, um, how the mother, the relationship that your mom had with her foster mom, who was your grandmother, and then the different relationships that Carol went on have that that Carol went on to have, and then part of her, and I don't know if I can, can I say part of her, the other part of her journey that wasn't always that great. Can we talk about that? Okay. Because in the book, Carol went through, um, she, she did drugs Mm -hmm. and she, um, and I think it really, I don't know. I can't talk about the effect that it had on her because obviously I don't know, but from the, from the perspective of the book, it looked like it was something that she dealt with and maybe struggled with a little bit, trying to either, like maybe get clean and stay clean, you know, and then how maybe you were, you missed out on some taught some parts of the relationship, you know, that you had with your mom, Carol, and how sometimes it was a little bit strained because she, you know, was using drugs. So can you talk about that if you're comfortable with sharing that part? Oh, I don't mind sharing. Okay. Um, my mother, they say, right. If you go to the NA meetings that I am an addict. So, um, my mother was an addict, but that's not all that she was. Right. So um, through her addiction, she taught me, even though she wasn't physically there mothering and nurturing me, she taught me. I've never gotten high. So she taught me that, you know, um, there are quite a few things that she did that, you know, we'll just leave open for imagination that I've never done because she'd done that because of her addiction. The reason, though, that I brought that up in the book is because um it helps explain why we make the choices we make Mm -hmm. and it helps explain and and it helps maybe um, soften the blow because people are very judgmental. 
you know, they give you that one title, but that's why it's many facets, right? There's so many reasons. I mean, now, where would you be had you been chained to a bed and not allowed to use the bathroom because you were the paycheck? You know, it works on your mental. Not saying that that's an excuse to use drugs, but I'm saying I understand, Mm-hmm. You know, and I understand wanting to fit in such as she did. So, you know, um, being the quote unquote foster child, I don't understand that. But remember, it was her mom who raised me. Mm-hmm. I wasn't even a foster child. I wanted to just mm-hmm. be that, you know, mm-hmm. so I understand um, how those things can push you. But because I was so close to her um, when when she was on her clean bouts, we'll call it that. Um, and the things that I learned from her then. I was no longer curious. No matter what happened, it was like, I know what I'm not going to do to deal with my Mm -hmm. problems. Mm -hmm. I understand that. And so when you talked a little bit about you guys being close, because in the book, you said she was your best friend. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And so you guys got close. What about what age were you when you got when you got closer to her? Do you remember? We were best friends when I was forced to move with her at 14. Okay. But I was blissfully ignorant. I had no idea what drugs were or that she was an addict or anything like that. And so that took until I was about 16 to figure that out. And then we became best friends again when I had my first child and I had him at 21. Mm-hmm. And from that point until her death, we were best friends. Okay. So. And you talk a little bit about her being a grandmother to your first child. And as and I as I as I was reading part of that story, it made it made me think of my great grandmother. My great grandmother's story was was completely different. But one thing I tell like my younger cousins now is that my great grandmother was a she was a better grandmother than she was a mom. She wasn't a so she her mothering skills were different with her own children. But when she became a grandmother and a great grandmother. She was phenomenal. And I often wondered, you know, how and I don't I don't have her here to ask her those questions, but I did often wonder like how how was she such a great grandmother and great grandmother to me and my and my mom and my mom's cousins, but to her own children, she wasn't a bad mom. She was just kind of like she just did her own thing, you know? And she raised her kids with her husband and my Great grandmother was a seamstress, and at one time, my great grandmother left for she left for like a year. She left her whole family and went to California for like a year, and she just told her husband, you know, she 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 was just gonna leave, and she did it for like a year. And I thought to myself, I couldn't even imagine if my mom left me with my dad for a year and just went to a different state just just because. And I thought that was so. I found that to be so horrible, but then I, and I, and I'm only saying that because of me being like the, if I was a child as an adult, I can probably understand it a little bit better, but as a kid, I could never imagine my mom just leaving me for a year like that. And then I thought about my great grandmother as a grandmother and a great grandmother. She never did that. Like she never just picked up and just left and then decided, Oh, I'm going to come back. And I'm back now. She never did that with us. So when I read that part of your story, and again, that my great grandmother's story is not your grandmother's story, but I saw when you said that your mom, how your mom was as a grandmother to your son and how she would, I think your son got probably, correct me if I'm wrong, but he probably got some of the best parts. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. 
And I think that when you were writing in the book, I think you said that sometimes you would, that was the type of relationship that you had with mm-hmm. her. So do you wonder, did you ever wonder why, why she gave the best parts of herself to, to your baby boy? Well, did you ever think about that? she was clean. Okay. So um, she was older. She was clean. And, um, you know, the uh, the addictions make you do quite a few things. Um, The disappearing, that that was, I laughed because that was like common. You know, when I was with her, she would leave for two or three months and she'd come back and we'd just have a good time. And then, you know, she just did. So I thought that was normal. Really? So it's funny how you thought that was so horrible. And um, it was my sister and I. And we we just made it, you know, we, we made it. And so my stepdad was there um, and he worked, but we just did. It's just what happened. It was never questioned. It was just like, oh, well, she's out getting high again. And we made it. So I think that um, by the time I had my son and um, with me being her oldest and she didn't get a chance to raise me. Um, so. I think that she had a guilt of what she didn't do for me. And so she wanted to do it five times better for him. And on top of that, he was the first grandchild. So I think he got it from both ends um, that she was just able to love on him and spoil him. And it it just made my heart happy to see that she was doing that. And with my child, Mm -hmm. you know, so it was like I was reliving through him. Um, the things that I missed out on, you know, the birthdays, you know, um, the Christmases, you know, the, the phone calls, the just sporadic showing up and, you know, those type of things. So she she definitely made up for it. Yeah. Yeah. And I was going to ask you um, after I read the story and I, and I read how when she passed away and she seems to pass away suddenly. Um, but how did you explain it to him? Because I think in the book, didn't we, did you say something like you didn't really know how you were going to talk to him about his grandmother passing away? Oh, my goodness. I, I'll never forget to this day. He, um, So I, I was scared to death to tell him. Right. I had been up all night. I was frantic. I didn't know what this. What do you say to a five year old? You know, mm-hmm. and she was my best friend. So in my mind, she was like his best, best friend. Mm-hmm. And so I, you know, I told him. But. Um, I also was brought up in church, so I brought my children up in church as well. And um, so he had a little sense of, I hate to say religion, but as a Christian, you know, some beliefs. And so I told him and he was watching some cartoon in his room and we were in a two story. And as I came up the stairs, like scared, like, what do I say? And I'm rehearsing in my mind how I'm going to tell him. And, you know, I've already played out the tears and. He just stopped looking at TV and turned because I when I said it, he really didn't respond. And so I had to question, like, do you do you know what I'm saying? And um, as I questioned him, he kind of turned around and was like, God puts us here and he takes us away and went right back to the TV. And I was like, well, I guess I'll just go downstairs and cry by myself. And so he was so at peace with it. It was almost like he knew it was going to happen. Wow. Even that brought me comfort, right? Because now my baby's not crying and he's not sad, right? And I don't have to deal with, um, you know, just the grieving process and not saying that he didn't grieve, but, you know, I didn't have to answer any questions. It's like he knew, 
Mm-hmm. And he didn't say, you know, wonder where she went and what happened. He was just like, well, you know, like basically my interpretation is that grandma was an angel. We had her and now she's gone. She's back with God. What do you expect? That's what he does, you know? <laughs> and so um, it, it even comforted me in her death with my child, through my child. Wow. That's really powerful because I I, I, I really expected you to say the, I, I expected it to go on the other side. Like he was just like, you know, going to be distraught. But I mm-hmm. think that, but I think that, it's, I think that's amazing. I thought how, old is, how old is he now? Can I now ask? he's 23. Oh my gosh. Yes. Wow. Yeah. Then so when I was speaking of the gifts and the foresight and that it might not be um, a blessing or it could be a blessing or a curse, when I was speaking vaguely, those are the things that I'm speaking of. You know, um, he did not tell me, but um, I believe that it's spiritual. I believe that something comforted him and that he had a heads up. Um, just as I, I remember writing in the book about um, Granny, um, my mom's grandma, we'll call um, Granny Annie, and how there was a foresight of her dying. And so it, it's part of, I guess, our cycle. Yeah. Yeah. And I was going to ask you about that because I, when I read that part in the book about Granny, I wanted to understand it. So somebody had the foresight that she was probably going to pass away. Did she have it? Was it her or was it your, who was it that had the foresight? I believe it was my aunt, but your aunt, you know, no, no, no. It was my mom, but my mom told my aunt. Right. Yes. It was my mom that had it. And, and so, but, but did your, did she come to the house? And oh, she, she lived there. Oh, she lived there. She lived there. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so she lived there and she was making them breakfast or something. So granny, you know how sometimes we move our elderly in with us. Right. Okay. So granny was living with grandma, big mama. Okay. With my mom's foster mom. Mm-hmm. And then my mom and my aunt were young girls, you know, seven, eight years old, little girls. And my mom is the one that had the vision who told her foster sister uh-huh. about it. But it was not about Big Mama, who was their quote unquote mom. It was about their grandma. Gotcha. But she lived there. So it was not uncommon for her to sit at the window and sing and, you know, have breakfast while Big Mama made the breakfast for everybody. Okay. So, okay. Yeah. I got it. Okay. And um, so when, so when that did happen, but, let me back up a little bit because I know that uh, I know that your mother also had a a foster younger brother. Mm-hmm. Is that right? Yes. And he, and he passed away at a at an early age. Did anybody have the foresight that that was going to happen? Not that I know of. Okay. Not that I know of. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I was going to say my, my mom used to tell me when I was a baby because I have that too. Hmm. Um, it comes in different forms for me, but my mom told me when I was, I don't know if I was two, mm-hmm. um, we were at my, uh, my grandfather's mother's somewhere. We were somewhere with my grandfather and my mom told me I woke up at the exact time that his mother died mm-hmm. and I woke up screaming and they didn't know what was wrong with me. and then. 
um, they had later found out that his mother had passed away. So some part of me knew. I also knew like the day my mom passed away, I knew it was coming. It, it happened differently than what I thought, but I felt it. And I saw my mom in like a dream. And I saw her in this, and it's, I guess it's really ironic, but I saw her in this white dress. And I told myself that dream either means that she's going to pass away or she's just going to get better. And she ended up passing away. And my mom wanted to be, she wanted to be buried in this off white uh, dress. So that must have been, that, that's what I saw. And, wow. and she ended up passing away um, not too long after I'd had that dream. But um, I knew it was coming. And I, what, what happens with me is I get a feeling. And I was just like, I, I can't tell you how I know. I can't describe how I know. It's just something that I sense and it's something that I feel. And a lot of times I used to feel like it was a, I used to feel like it was a gift and a curse because there were some things that I did not want to know. And there were some things that I didn't want to know ahead of time. But when I discovered, you know, well, it's not necessarily a gift and a curse. It really is a gift because you, you can kind of, you have the foresight sometimes um, on what's going to happen before it actually does. And it doesn't happen to me in all situations, but it does happen to me more often than not. And it's kind of weird, but I just, so when I, when I read that in the story, it really, it made me think of myself and it made me think of some stuff that I, cause I used to talk to my mom and, but when she was sick, when she was sick and we were like driving in the car or something, I would talk to her and tell her that like, I could see different people you know, like that had passed on. And I would wonder different things. And my mom thought I was completely crazy. And I, I just told her, and it didn't scare me. It was just, I could just sense different stuff. And I would try to talk to her about it. And she just kind of, she looked freaked out. But I think that, but ironically, ironically, since my mom has passed away, my mom visits me. I believe. So like I can re, you know I can see her and, and stuff like that. There's information that she'll give me, and I may not always know what to make of it, you know. But I she visits me, you know, not regularly anymore, but it, it happens a lot. So when I read it in your story and, and I saw that you know you guys had some people in your family had that, I thought that was so interesting because it's something that I experienced myself. Um, I understand. I um, did not connect the dots per se in the book. However, if you remember, the doctors told me I'd never have children. Yeah. So um, and, and I was married and, you know, doing all that I knew to do medically even to become pregnant. Well, the ironic thing is that I became pregnant, conceived on the day that big mama, my grandmother, passed. Really? Yes. So what I did not go into into the book, because you're oftentimes judged, but since we're on the topic, remember I told you my son was not um, moved. He was just kind of like, you know, this is mm -hmm. what happens. And he was able to comfort me, actually. Well, I think that it was my grandmother's spirit because I wasn't able to get pregnant. I feel as though her passing opened my womb so that I could give birth. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I believe that. And since this was the child, the first one, 
that, you know, um, and then I didn't have another one for 10 years. Really? You know, I didn't have another one for 10 years. And then I didn't have another one for 10 more years. So, so your kids are 10 about, so your oldest kid is 20 years older than your youngest child? Um, almost. So it's like nine months and a few, let me see, 10 months and a few. So I have 23. I have 14, but he'll be 15 next month. And then I have five. So, yes. So I believe that it was my grandmother who had prepared my first son for my mom's passing. Mm. I don't know. Wow. But I know they have a connection. Obviously, he never saw her because he was conceived when she passed. But the, the dates match up when you, you know, did a little wheel they give you and the dates match up. So, Wow. That is incredible. Wow. Huh. And I believe that because I believe that at sometimes, well, you know, I, I look at cycles and patterns. And so sometimes I really believe that some it takes one person to pass away. When one person passes away, then other people uh, start to be born. Because that happened in my family. It didn't happen to me specifically. But like we went through a series of deaths in my family. And then shortly after one person would pass away, somebody else would find, that, find out they were pregnant. But it had never, I don't think it synced up as perfectly or as, as, as it, I don't think it aligned the way that your that the way that your the way that your son um, did, but I noticed that in, in our family as well. And I actually thought that after my mom passed away, um, I wondered if I or my sister would get pregnant. And that hasn't happened yet. But I did. I I thought about that, but it didn't. You know, it didn't come to fruition uh, for either one of us. Not yet. So. You know, I, I think that's in, I think that's incredible. But what I also want to ask you is: Is this your first book, The Many Facets of a Star? It is. And do you plan to write any more books? Oh, absolutely! It will be several more books um, in the future. Um, hopefully, I'll publish one in twenty twenty one. Okay. I'm working on it. I'm very excited. It is not a memoir, nor is it. Um, continuing from where this one left off. That's what I was gonna ask. Um, but it is just speaking about facets of life. Okay. So um, just as I have lived and experienced some things, um, it's, it's talking about those things um, in a very creative way. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I understand that. And um, I, I look forward to reading about that because I was really... I was when I saw the title, when I saw the cover, when I saw the cover, I was wondering if that was you or your mom. Mm -hmm. Did you design? Did you mean for it to be that way, or did you did you did you look at the cover that it could be either one of you? Um, I did not. I actually. So here's the thing: the cover is me pregnant with my five year old. Really? So um, it's funny uh, the way that That's they a real can picture? do. It is a real picture. But the, from the um, like top where the shoulders are, because with me and my daughter, I was looking down. I was looking oh. at my belly, right? That was the picture because I didn't. I wasn't writing a book at the time. I didn't um, plan that. It was just a pregnancy picture. But what they did, they changed the top part and had looking up. So the top part from the shoulders up is not me, but from oh. the other part down is me. 
And the reasoning that the cover is the way it is, um, I'm sure you, what you saw in the book is because um, that's the alley. And it's not really, but it um, symbolizes the alley that my mom was dropped in. And remember, she was pregnant. So that's why the picture is pregnant. And my mom's last name was Corbett. My dad's last name was Stoops, but my last name is Star. So when I questioned my mom is why, you know, this is back in the 70s. Why, you know, couldn't you give me somebody's name? Because for years I struggled with identity. Like, geez, I don't even belong anywhere. Well, now I wear it with a, like a badge of honor. Right. So that's why it's at nighttime and it's so dark, because she told me, she said, baby, I knew I was going to love you forever. My middle name is love. And she said, I looked out the window and I saw a star and I knew that she would make it. Because remember, she had three broke ribs at the time. She was. So that's how I got my name, a star. And that's why the cover is the way that it is. And that's my oh, beginning. So yes, that's amazing. And, it was and he literally threw her in the alley. So that's why you see between the two buildings. Because he didn't drop her off at the emergency room door. He threw her in the alley. Oh my yes. God. So, so it symbolized my mom. So does that mean that somebody found her? No, she crawled. She crawled her way. Oh. I did tell in the book how she crawled past people. And you know, in, in New York, no, everybody has tunnel vision. Nobody's trying to help you. She crawled and made her way to the hospital. He dropped her off close enough that she could make it to the hospital. But now, mind you, he was the reason that she had the broke ribs. So he didn't want to get in trouble and go to jail. Right. See, this is when I started because I remembered. When I was speaking to you just right now, I'm thinking about when you got dropped off at the hospital. Mm. That was funny. No, I had a good time. <laughs> that was different. No, was this like, is okay, because well, I remembered, I remembered the, um, I remembered the wheelchair and how you were talking about you didn't want to get in the wheelchair. And then I, I was okay like, wait, is that her story? Is that her mom's story? Is your story? That okay. one is my story, but the cover is from my mom's story. Okay. Mm-hmm. That is amazing. And do you know, I will be honest with you and tell you, I didn't know if your last name was actually Star. Because you know how sometimes authors go by, uh, they have they, they have like 10 names? Yes, it and is. When, and I, I did not know that your last name was actually Star. That's that's so cool. My biological name, my birth name is Amelia Love Star. Wow. Yes. And I mean, it's just amazing to me that for years I wore it as shame, but as soon as it came time to write the book, it was like, wow, you know, it had meaning, yeah. right? Because stars are, you can't see them in the day. It has to right. be dark to see them, yeah. right? And, and but yeah. they illuminate so much. And so I feel as though, even though um, obstacles have come at me left and right, you know, I've been able to overcome and still shine because I have, I was a star, right? I was named a star. I have to live up to, um, what I am called. Um, I believe you say you believe in cycles. I believe a lot in words and meanings. And so, um, I deliberately, um, play on words. And I think my mom did the same thing without even knowing. Yeah. Or as I would say in church, you know, call those things that are not as though they are. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I agree with that. I agree with that. I think that's amazing. I think your story is phenomenal. I cannot wait until you read until you write and release the next book <laughs> that you're working on because I'm really interested in reading that as well. And um, before I let you go, because I know you have things to do and I, we're going to have to wrap up soon, but I did want to see.
how we can support you? Like, is there anything that you're actively working on that we can support right now? And if not, that's fine. You know, we can just watch you and and, and read and read this book and um, follow you on social media. Well, I do have um, a social media page, Facets of a Star, on Facebook. Um, it is also on Instagram, same, Facets of a Star. And, of course, the books are sold at Barnes & Noble, Amazon, Books a Million, um, everywhere, really, Walmart, Target. You can purchase the book, and that will be the greatest support. Okay. Well, it's been a pleasure having you, and I'm so glad that I was able to connect with you, and I'm so glad that I was able to read your story and your mom's story. I, I love the way, I really love the way that you did that. I really, I really love the way that you did that. And I think that the backstory that you told between the both of you is, is amazing. So thank you so much. It's been so great to see you because I can see her, but you guys can only hear her. Um, it's been so great to see you, and I loved having you, and thank you so much for being here with me today. Oh my goodness, it was my pleasure. Thank you so much for having me, Tanisha. You're thank welcome. you, thank you, thank you. You're welcome. Well, until next time, guys, I will be back next Saturday with a brand new author and a brand new episode of Beyond the Bookshelf. And I'll talk to you guys later. Bye. If you enjoyed this episode, please rate, review, subscribe, and share with a friend. Until next time, see you guys next Saturday. Mm-hmm.